Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KTTH. Streaming on this Friday on the KTTH smartphone app. After a week of being ridiculed, the UW and Transit, they start to walk back some of their rosy outlook about meth and fentanyl. We're going to get to that this hour of the Jason Ranch Show brought to you by American Water Damage Restoration. Let's find out what's trending. What's trending? On the bus. So UW Medicine told us last week that 100% of Pacific Northwest transit, whether we're talking about light rail or buses, we're not just talking about King County. Remember, this also looked in Portland. But 100% of transit had meth in the air, so meth smoke, and 98% of the surfaces had meth residue. Think about that the next time you're in a bus or on light rail. Now, this was part of a very small study. They did not look at a whole bunch of transits. And that, to me, suggests the problem is way worse than we thought. Way worse. Because if you're getting it when you're only looking at, what was it, like 11 or 17? I can't remember. It was either 11 or 17 all in. And it's 100%? Oh, my gosh. And they only looked at it at night. And night routes. And as I've said on the show many times, pretty much every single time I've seen someone smoking fentanyl or meth or doing some sort of drug has actually been in the mornings, mornings to mid-morning. So imagine then. Now, the UW put out a press release when the study came out. And it effectively told us, why don't you chill out a little bit? Why don't you shut up, sit down, ride the bus? It's safe. Stop it. It's perfectly normal to have 100% of meth smoke in the air. But don't worry. It's all good. I mean, don't go outside without a mask because you could catch COVID and die. And of course, you better stay away from anyone who smokes because secondhand smoke kills. But you're fine on the bus. You're fine on all transit. So shut up. Now, that was a comment to us. And it was a comment to the transit riders or excuse me, the drivers. The transit operators, the ones who are riding the buses, the ones who are driving light rail or how I don't do they call that driving this operating 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 light rail, pushing a button, then pushing another button. That was a message to them. Because they were the ones who were complaining. They were the ones who were saying, I feel sick as a result of being around all of this open air drug use. But they were just dismissed. I went back and I looked at the press release just as a nice refresher course. Still reads like parody. And despite telling us that 100% of buses had meth air, 98% had meth residue on surfaces, they write, were transit operators being exposed to drug smoke or residue in their workplace? The answer is nuanced. How's that nuanced? Does 100% not mean 100%? Have we redefined this on the left, too? I know math is racist. Did we now redefine what percentage points mean? Maybe it's 100% out of 1,000%. So it's not really all that much. The answer is not nuanced. The answer is obvious. The answer is yes, they are. Transit operators are being exposed to drug smoke and residue in their workplace every single day. And that also means anyone who rides in transit is being exposed to drug, smoke, and residue every single day. 
And yet, Dr. Faisal Khan, the director of public health Seattle of King County, during one of his press briefings this week, said this. From the public health perspective, the risk is minimal to negligible, negligible. both to operators as well as riders. Interesting. It's negligible. Did you know that? I do now. It's negligible. Now, of course, he says that from a department that embraces harm reduction, which hands out clean needles to children if they were to ask, who decides to give out pipes and smoking drug paraphernalia. That's what harm reduction means. So he's saying being around all of this smoke, all the residue, totally fine. And yet still we have drivers like Eric talking with Como TV. He's a friend of the show saying, yeah, I've been sick. So have so many others. I have twice been taken off the bus because of headaches, nausea, uh, aggression. Me too. Although that's just because the homeless, stinky people on the bus just create that kind of nightmare for me. And then I went back and I looked at the research one more time, not just the press release, because UW is known for being less than honest in their, in their press releases about studies, especially when there's a partisan position that they might want to take. The researchers wrote, in general, levels of meth and fentanyl found on transit vehicles in this exposure assessment are unlikely to cause acute short-term physical health effects for the riding public who spend less time on transit than the operators. At the level seen in this study, there's no evidence of acute medical conditions resulting from passive exposure to fentanyl or meth, such as from, con uh, from touching contaminated surfaces or inhaling secondhand smoke. And they say that apparently for everybody, which I presume also includes children, pregnant women, folks who have heart disease, people who are immunocompromised, all good. Go ahead and lick whatever you can on the bus and you'll be fine. Now, as I said in the Daily Mail, I had an editorial in the Daily Mail yesterday, and I said this on KTTH.com earlier in the week. What they just said is 100% a guess. 100% a guess. While I suspect they're not correct, they might be. I say it's a guess because the study did not look at any of what they just mentioned. It did not look at anything other than the amount of smoke or residue in transit. That's it. They did not look at all at the health effects. They didn't measure it. They didn't test it. That wasn't the intent. They didn't intend to test for acute medical conditions related to passive exposure to drug smoke. This was an exposure assessment. It's in the name. That's all that they did. And you can go ahead and if you want, again, the study is up at KTTH.com in my blog. Go to page 26 of the study. It makes it entirely clear. They did not look at the health impacts at all. So why were we told? What we were told. Why were we told it's all safe, all good? You got to have long-term data. And they don't have that. They didn't even test the drivers. Precisely. And it looks like they're kind of walking at least some of this back. Because Dr. Marissa Baker, the lead researcher for this study, she gave a statement to Como TV, Jeremy Harris. 
and said it is not accurate in the perspective of the UW researchers to state that the air is safe or the transit environment is risk-free for the operators who could experience long-term chronic exposures to these drugs at work. Now, respectfully, you made it very easy for everyone in the media and for the King County public health official and for everybody else who did this, you made it easy for them to claim that it's perfectly safe and normal. You told it to them in your press release, the way that it was framed, the way that this whole study was pushed out. It was intended to give cover to transit agencies and to government officials, basically. And what I suspect is the case and why they're putting out the statement now is for the last week, they've been getting ridiculed as they should have been. For the comments that they made, for the press release that they put out for this silly study, they have been relentlessly mocked by 90% of the normal people, and including, by the way, a lot in the media here, not all. Como has been a great exception to this. Obviously, KTTH, we're always the exception. We've been calling this out. No one believes it. No right-minded person believes it. The people who are supporting this, the stranger the people who might pretend to read The Stranger. The folks who go ahead and march in rallies. They're the ones who support legalized drugs, so of course they're going to back this dumb study. Teresa Mosqueda, the council member from Seattle, backs the study. Those are the people who are behind this. Everybody else was mocking it, and now they're trying to save face. They should not be allowed to save face on this. This should be called out. It should be called out constantly. Until we get something done. And please spare me the whole, oh no, we're, we're taking this very seriously anyway. Smoking is not allowed. We don't allow any of this kind of stuff. It's against the code of conduct. Guys, I see homeless people walking on the bus without paying, walking right past the bus driver every single day. O- almost every single day. Today I didn't take the bus. I, w- I had a car. Fox sends me cars. Just throwing that out there. What's the air Just like to make in them? People, I, I don't know. It doesn't test for. I don't pay attention. I'm just in my head about how they pay for me to to get to and from work almost every day, and that you and others, other saps, have to drive in or take the bus. Well, at least I don't have to take the bus. I got a car. I don't have to. I choose to. Well, I'm, I'm aware of that. Not to. I, they're they're pushing me away. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? In the classroom. So last night in the Olympia School District, which is the wokest school district in Washington State, they are way more woke than Seattle. They adopted a policy to bring back school resource officers after booting them from campuses because ACAB, this is a school board that was all about leaning into the BLM movement, leaning in to Antifa demands, leaning in to hating on cops. Now, of course, because this is the Olympia School Board and one particular person on there is an ACA beer. That's what I'm going to start calling them from now on. Someone who was going after cops left and right, accusing them of all sorts of things, endorsing the idea that we should riot and burn things to the ground so we can get our change. We can see our reforms. This was also the place that had that dude who called out music classes As white supremacy. His name is Scott Clifthorne. 
And he, of course, said, you know, school resource officers, if we bring them back, it's going to be really, really distracting. Schools are for learning. It's hard to learn when you're being policed. Shut up. And it's even harder to learn when there are firearms present at school. Oh, no. Really? Because there were two firearms that were found this week at one school. One turned out to be a BB gun. The other one was an actual firearm. So there are already firearms there. Dum-dum. And let's be clear. This whole idea that because an SRO, a school resource officer, happens to be there, it is quote-unquote policing. It's hard to concentrate when we're being policed. You've got security in the building as you are debating this. How are you debating this while being policed? Police being around doesn't mean you're being policed any more than if they're not around. You're still being policed. There's still a police department. You know that, right? Oh, well, we're just not going to be able to. It's just so traumatizing. It's so traumatizing. Some people showed up. Some people people spoke in favor. Some people spoke against. Julian is a student whose parents and teachers failed him. I, as a student... I'm not at all comfortable with police walking the same halls as me. Oh, no. Well, then go home and homeschool. How about that? Oh, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable walking the halls if there's going to be a cop there. Okay. I don't care about your comfort. Your, your feelings don't determine the safety of a school, Julian. I know that you've been brought up, not to pick on how old he is, 16, maybe 17, Watch him just be a deep-throated, like, deep-voiced eight-year-old. Which actually makes me want to jump on him even more. Very well-spoken for eight. I I know you've been taught that everything you feel is somehow fact, and everything you feel needs to be affirmed by the people around you. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't care that you don't feel comfortable. I honestly don't care. Because sometimes we have to then make you uncomfortable for your own good. And an SRO on campus is very clearly the right move. And as I wrote about in What's Killing America, my forthcoming book, every school district that made the decision to just go ahead and ditch the SROs, they have lived to regret it. They're all on different timelines on when they realized that it was the wrong move. Some almost immediately Walked it back. Others, it took a year or two. Here in Olympia, it took three years. And we don't even know when the school resource officers are going to be on campus again. This is just the start of the process. But you, oh, I feel uncomfortable. Okay. Well, that's a you problem. Do what you need to in order to get more comfortable. Talk to the school resource officer. Actually get to know the person. And realize that what you've been taught about cops or what you've been silly enough and naive enough to fall for doesn't actually represent reality. Also, you're a baby. We don't feel comfortable. If I want to pick on, in my head, I've I've changed my, he's 18, so I can pick on him. I mean, is there, listen to this. I, as a student, oh. am not at all comfortable with police walking the same halls as me. I'm just, I'm just not com- walking the same. They can't even walk nearby. They are breathing the same air. I am not comfortable sharing air with a police officer. ACAB, am I right? And then Scott Clifford said, yeah. Also, music is racist. Okay, push the button. What's trending? 
National. An absolutely chaotic scene unfolded in New York. AOC, Jerry Nadler, they were there. They were all about some sort of response to the migrant crisis where you've got about 10,000 migrants, illegal immigrants who have crossed over our borders illegally being put in New York, 10,000 a month at least. Eric Adams, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, made the point about how this is going to destroy New York City. Oh, weird that the folks who proudly proclaim themselves the the arbiters of, of what is just and compassion, bring us your poor, bring us your tired, bring us your fentanyl smugglers, bring, us some, bring them all in, we're sanctuary city. We treat everyone exactly the same who's in this country illegally. We do not want to make any distinction between someone who is here for the right reasons going about it the wrong way or someone who's here for the wrong reasons going about it the wrong way. So they all end up going to Roosevelt Hotel, which is where they get processed. They get immunized if they want. They get some resources, food, water, blah, 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 massages, I'm sure. And people are upset. People are ticked off. People are disgusted. People who live there, who live in New York, these are liberals. These are not conservatives. They are screaming about what's going on. As they're doing in Chicago, as they were doing in Denver. And ironically, as folks were doing in Texas and Arizona, when you guys on the left didn't care. When you guys on the left were saying, oh, you're all just xenophobes. You just don't want these people because they're brown. That's what we were told. Suck it up, guys. Our strength is our diversity. And now all of a sudden they're under siege. People are upset. So protesters showed up and just yelled at AOC and, in this case, Jerry Nadler. The federal government can and should do more. Can't hear anything he's saying. And then, dumb, dumb little AOC. And that we are joining the city and state. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio. Okay. It went on like that and on like that and on like that some more. I'm glad people are waking up. What do we say about finally understanding what's going on? What do we say all the time? We say you have to actually experience something or know someone who's experienced something. For you to finally realize what the issues are, they're finally realizing it. And now they find themselves in a really tough spot. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Your health. This is terrifying. There's some people who, weirdly enough, almost brag that they have old cell phones. I'm not entirely sure I understand why people do. I've got an old, look at mine, it's an iPhone 12. Yeah, well, you just got cancer from it. How about that? Oh, I just got a 13. I couldn't remember if mine was a 12 or 13. The 13s definitely aren't going to give me cancer, right? I'm not taking a position on that. I am just going to tell you that French regulators said that the iPhone 12 is emitting too much radiation. And as a result, they had to have all of the iPhone 12s be taken off the market in France. Their national frequency agency 
which is apparently a thing, informed Apple that it's going to be monitoring the updates to the iPhone 12 to determine whether they can reduce the radiation output. And if they're not successful, they're going to have to force them to recall the products altogether. Apple said, shut up, shut your face up, you dirty Frenchie. We're in full compliance. Go eat some snails. That's what they said. I didn't think that that was the, wow. the best way to... an official statement? Yeah. No, it was, it was in a, a tweet, I think. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't think that was a very diplomatic way to go about it. I mean, you still France is an important market for Apple. They say they tested the regulators, 141 phones for radiation output, and found the iPhone 12s emit more radiation than regulations allow when held in the hand or placed in a pocket. So we'll know in a few, if you're someone who's been trying to get your, your wife pregnant, you might be in trouble. If, if everything Sheesh. else is working fine Sheesh. and you don't know what's going on and you've got an iPhone 12, you can probably sue. They say it emits 5.74 watts per kilogram compared to the legal limit of four. Eh, it's 1.74. Big deal. But it's only the 12? Oh, it's the 1.74 more kilograms. Uh, that's what it says. It says the iPhone 12. And I don't know why that would be unless it's the – I imagine maybe the updates to the phone just for your iOS to continue to work and security. So maybe that increases the strength of what's emitted. I don't know. I have no idea. This is scary though. I don't know how any of this works. And my assumption is that it all is – giving us oh well something. yeah i feel like that's what everybody's assumed for a long time so i i, I want to know why the 12 is is more special than the rest of the cancer rectangles maybe it's just got better over time like the newer ones better as in less cancerous or more cancerous i'm not taking a position on that <laughs> it would be it would be irresponsible of me to take a position although i will say i did buy the iphone 15 today I ordered it. I get it on Friday of next week so then I can continue to get mad that when I spell something that is completely spelled correctly and the word that I want to use only for the iPhone dictionary to autocorrect it to another word that doesn't even make sense in the context in which I am typing. Other than that, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, also, the battery drains like nobody's business. It's basically a sieve at this point. Maybe that's why this is causing me cancer. All the batteries just draining into my my thigh or my ears and my fingers. It's the Jason Rancho. Welcome back to the Jason Rancho. Show. Thank you so much for tuning in today and all this week. If you ever miss a moment of the show, you can become a podcast subscriber. We do a lot of really good radio. I would argue the best radio in the history of radio, certainly by a host named Jason Rance. And it would be a shame to miss any of it. It would also be a shame to get dry skin, sort of ashy elbows, kind of the, the, the itchy, scaly kind of skin. Whenever someone meets me, they a number of things go through their head. They say... He's very handsome. He's got perfect hair. And his skin is so soft. It looks soft. I don't let anybody touch me. Uh, but it is, in fact, soft. And it's because I don't use Dove because Dove is sold over the counter. And I don't put anything over the counter or anywhere near me because I find that to be for people like Max. So what? You have prescription lotion? No, I buy it online. I Holy get like high-end so stuff. When I say over the counter, I mean it like a drugstore or a grocery store. 
I don't get any products there that go on my skin or in my hair because I take that stuff seriously. Again, there are some people this works for. You. I use Gold Bond. See? There you go. Oh, my God. Gold Bond's good. Oh, my God. So the reason Healing. I bring up Dove in particular is that people are now finding themselves in my camp of never wanting to put that garbage on their skin. Although for different reasons. There is someone named Zayana or Zayana Bryant who was just hired to be the Dove ambassador, a Dove ambassador. It's very similar to what was going on with Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. Now, Zayana Bryant is promoting something called Fat Liberation. Huh. See, this is part of the body positivity movement. It is a way to pretend that morbidly obese people are totally healthy because we don't want to hurt feelings by saying otherwise. Now, I think it was a movement that started with good intentions, right? We shouldn't be shaming people. We shouldn't be bullying people. As much as I love the name Fatty McFatface, obviously you should not be telling that to people's – I mean, say it behind their back in privacy with other friends. But you shouldn't be doing that individual to, to the individual. It's wrong. It's obviously wrong. But it got to the point where now there are folks who are saying or just pretending that being you know 60 pounds overweight is totally healthy. This is the pinnacle of health. Look at the cover of Yoga Magazine. It's a morbidly obese woman doing the downward dog. And it's just like, no, we there could be like a, a, a reasonable middle ground here. Don't bully, but also be honest. And we told you earlier this week of that Seattle Times story where the nutritionist was like, I don't tell you my weight. And the doctor was all like, well, you're going to die because we're going to give you poorly dosed medication. And she was all like, well, when I die, then I'll come and ask you and we'll go or, oh, no, I'll be dead. Never, never mind. And then she just left the office. So we now have Dove getting into the mix of all this nonsense and it's going to be boycotted. And yet not for the fat liberation part. <laughs> That's the funny part about all of this. That's not why people are upset or annoyed. Ziana Bryant is the person who, while at the University of Virginia, she was an activist, and she ruined the life of a white girl, a white woman, a student, after claiming that that woman, her name is Morgan Bettinger, threatened BLM protesters while she was driving near a rally at Charlottesville, calling them speed bumps. That never happened. It never happened. There was a big investigation. This poor girl was getting harassed and bullied and doxxed. She had to leave the school. Her life was ruined. Only to find out it did not happen. It didn't happen. At some point, Bryant says, I might have misheard. Oh, okay. Thanks for clarifying that now. But why were you participating in all of the hate against this poor woman? If you, quote unquote, might have misheard. So now people are claiming that they're boycotting. I've seen some some social media posts throwing away their dove, which, again, I recommend you do anyway. I don't know if this is going to have the Bud Light kind of boycott staying power. I don't know how many people use dove. I don't know how many conservatives use dove. I mean, it's a little bit different when we're talking about soap versus beer. It just it is what it is. The other thing is you've got so many alternatives to dove 
what their their share of the market is, I, I don't know. I don't know if the, I'm assuming this is more driven by by females who are making the the purchase of soap. So are they more liberal than they are? I, I, have, I have no idea. I just know that we're starting to see more of this start to tick up and the Daily Mail caught wind of it. New York Post caught wind of it. And they've been posting some of these tweets. Hasn't gotten to that massive space yet, but I did not think the Dylan Mulvaney stuff would become what it became. I don't know if that's going to be the case here. You're talking about two completely separate issues. One is someone who is actively part of a significant debate that's going on in this country, even though it's not really a debate when nine out of 10 people support one side. No one's really talking about BLM anymore. No one's really talking about this person anymore. And, you know, God bless Fat liberation. She's liberated. And she put out a... Did you see her video on Instagram? No. She talks about... And it's a very large file. It took me a very long time to download. But I did end up downloading it. That was a fat joke. Get it? Yeah, I get Okay. It, it took a second, but yeah, yeah. You know, I was waiting for you to get it. And it was like you were thinking about it. And then I'm kidding. That's a large file, yeah. fat liberation. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. That's me. My belief is that we should be centering the voices and experiences of the most marginalized people and communities at all times. So when I think about what fat liberation looks like to me, it looks like centering the voices and the experiences of those who live in and who maneuver through spaces and institutions in a fat body. It looks like making accessible spaces and having conversations that are aware of the fact that people have different bodies and that they are interacting with space and people and institutions and communities in a different way. Collaboration looks like fully embracing those differences and having those conversations instead of shying away from them. Okay. To learn more about Fat Liberation and the campaign for size freedom that Dove is supporting, visit dove.com forward slash no. size freedom. Tap no. in, join the campaign, support no. the campaign. This is important and we should all be talking about it. Now, it certainly makes sense that some companies would embrace this movement. Uh, the more mass, the, the more soap you're going to use. And so then you're going to have to buy it more and more of it more often. That's but, a great point. It honestly. Really is. I've, people don't think of this like, you know, who's going to use more lotion, the skinny person or the fat person. And the, the whole interesting part about this is wouldn't we all say that it's rude just to call someone fat? Well, that's the point I was just about right. to say. Doesn't that defeat a lot of what you're trying to accomplish? It's like we're, we're taking ownership of the word fat and we're making it our own. It's like, okay, so I can call you fat? Because I thought that that was wrong. It feels wrong to just do that. I mean, it's also funny when you're not here. But it, it, it's just odd. To, I just don't understand what this whole movement is about other than saying I've given up and I don't want to lose any weight. And I don't want to feel bad for it. And you know what? I'll give you this. You don't have to feel bad for it. It's a decision you're making. Ultimately, it is up to you. But the problem is you're the one who gets mad when doctors say that it's not healthy. That's that's on you. That's not on them. Can we all at least step back and say that if a doctor or even a friend comes up to you and expresses concern about your weight, that they're doing it? in good faith that they don't mean you any harm. And it's probably incredibly awkward for your friend or family member to bring that up. Maybe even for your doctor to bring it up 
because your doctor is now living in a world in which they're getting judged. I get a survey. Anytime I go to a doctor, I get a survey right after. How did the, how did you uh, like that experience? What was the waiting room experience like? What was the amount of time you spent with your doctor like? Was it clear and concise? And all of a sudden, you've got – and by the way, this is a big part of how the opioid crisis got to where it was. You've got doctors who are now incentivized to kind of just give in to whatever it is you want. Because they want to make sure that they maintain their job by getting good scores. Man, I I desperately need 72 pills Vicodin. Now, I'm going to get you that bad review. I, that's I'm not even joking. That's kind of where this all came from. And I wonder how many doctors are falling for that and not wanting to say anything to someone who could stand to lose some weight just for their health. Just because someone's 77 pounds overweight doesn't mean they're unhealthy. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. That is the definition of what it means. Well, but what if it's all muscle? Yeah, we're not talking about muscle. I, I'm not talking about that. D- does anyone think, are you confused here? Do you think we're talking about someone who's super muscular? The BMI doesn't know. No, I got that. But we can also look at you and we can judge how much fat is on your body based on scales. And we know you're unhealthy. Other than that, you're a wonderful person. and You're going to live to be a oh, thousand years old to stay away from the one chip challenge. Which now is going to be a lot easier. Pack is it Packy or pa- how do we pronounce this? I thought it was Pocky. Pocky. Okay, so it's P A Q U I. Whatever that is, they make the one chip challenge. We talked about it last week or maybe earlier in the week. One chip tortilla chip. It is stupidly hot. It's got peppers where you just read the name of the pepper and your eyes start to water and you start to feel uncomfortable and sweaty. The whole thing. It was a viral thing. You eat one chip and then you say. I'm going to last longer than you without getting some water or milk. It's usually milk that will do the trick. And while it was intended for adults only, and it said that on the packaging, kids were obviously going to do this. I would bet 22 and younger, anyone anyone between 8 and 22 was going to do this. This is like the most 15-year-old boy thing of all time. It so is. And I've not seen a single viral video with a, a girl or a woman in it. Have you seen a single one that didn't have mm-hmm. a no. like a 16, 17 year That's old? That's all. They're boy. all the same. They're all the same. They really are. Or frat guys. Maybe there's a girl in the background laughing at the dummy who decided to take this test, but it's never a, a girl. So someone died. They think the family is is tying it to the chip. I don't think that's why the teen died. However, it does bring up the dangers with teenagers doing this, and so they just made the decision to pull it off of shelves. And they're giving refunds for any of the company's single serve one chip challenge products. Now they're putting it in a big bag, so it's it's that would be one thing. Uh, the several chip challenge. Yeah, it's the it's the bag of chips challenge. Hey, once you pop, you can't stop. Thank God Pringles don't do this, right? That's Pringles, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Pringles still around. Yeah, Pringles are every Pringles are gross, by the way. They're not even chips. It's just like something that you put into a form of a chip. Except sour cream and onion. Those are great. Those are really tasty. 1-800-465-8770. If you want to send me a text, don't forget. Our friend and local tax expert, Greg Nunn of None Better Tax Resolution, is growing and looking for tax specialists. If you're passionate about fighting for taxpayers, you're interested in a job, give Greg Nunn a call. 425-947-1967. Welcome back to the Jason Ranch Show. Quick 
update on the Washington State ferries. The Seattle-Bremerton route is out of service for a while. I believe it should be getting back to uh, back to uh, an alternative schedule in a couple of moments. But the Walla Walla ferry has a mechanical issue, and crews have been troubleshooting. The mechanical issue, quote, involves strong vibration during last sailing. Divers are inspecting propellers, a standard cause for vibrations, while it was docked in Bremerton. So they then gave us an update saying that the Chimicum is going to replace the Walla Walla beginning at 4.15 from Bremerton. They're, they say the Bainbridge Island terminal status is a two-hour wait for drivers. The list goes on and on and on. One hour wait for the Edmonds Kingston. Oh, boy. So it feels like now that we have Bainbridge route down to one service for the rest of the day, the latest of the the issues with the Washington State ferries, it feels like they're trying to get people not to take the ferries. Is that possible? It seems like it. Right. Is, is it possible that maybe they're, even though we all thought they were all about the, you know, the, the environmentalism, they want to get you out of cars. Maybe they just realize riding in a ferry is bad for the environment and it's hurting the little orcas or the fat orcas. You can say fat now because the fat liberation. You call a whale fat. Don't be overweight. so mean. Say, overweight. Uh, say person living with excess weight. Um, <laughs> or if, if animal. It's all about being concise. The people who run Washington State ferries under Democrat leadership, let's be clear, because this is up to Jay Inslee. He's the boss. The folks who run this should not be allowed to play with a mechanica, mechanical boat, a, a motorized boat. In a kiddie pool, okay, a toy. They should not be able to play with a toy boat in a bathtub, let alone run these ferries. That it has this many problems on such a consistent basis should lead to mass terminations. And yet I'm willing to bet the people who are at the top have been at the top for a very long time. Not the very top, but the middle management, the upper management. The ones who are supposed to maintain our ferries, the ones who are supposed to think ahead. Someone should maybe say to themselves, hmm, I'm willing to bet 10, 20 years from now, the ferry system, our ferry, individual ferries, probably not going to be operational. Maybe we should start planning for something. Now, when it breaks, we'll deal with it then. Kind of like Biden talking about the auto worker strike. Oh, when they strike, that's when we'll worry about it. What is the point of pushing people into any of these alternatives to cars or alternatives to living in a downtown core where you might work if they never operate well, if they never function? You tell us. To take the ferries, they don't work. You tell us to take the bus, it's filled with meth. You tell us to take light rail, it's filled with fentanyl, and homeless people passed out everywhere. 
And of course, the homeless person who just gets on, doesn't pay, chooses to sit right next to you with not a single window open in that entire bus. You tell us to do this, and it never works. And then there, there seems to be, from some folks on the left, like an anger that you're not listening to them and ditching your car. Like, they get angry at you. First, they have this sense of, of arrogance where they're the ones who are just so smart because they've made the, the heroic decision to ride a bike or take the bus. And you, you stupid person in your car and your freedom to leave whenever it is you want and go whichever route you'd like, regardless of where the traffic is, and actually be able to kind of avoid it. How dare you? That's the worst move you could ever make. I mean, sure, you get more time with your family back, or you get more time for your hobbies or whatever it is, and it's certainly more convenient when you've got kids, but shame on you. You must hate the environment. I Look at me. I'm on the, the, the uh, Walla Walla as it's sinking. They get the angry. That we don't listen to them to the point where they try to force us out. We're going to get rid of this lane. We're going to turn it into a bus only lane. We're going to import a new protected bike lane on a street that bikes never go down. And we're going to make it that much more difficult for you to drive in that single occupied vehicle. Come join us. Maybe they're so miserable and they don't want to admit it. They just want to make everyone else miserable. I know that feeling. I'm miserable all the time, and I want to bring everyone around me down rather than allow them to stay happy. Maybe that's what it is. You do a great job of that. I know. I don't like your shirt today. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to send me a text. 1-800-465-8770. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KTTH.